a brash bounty hunter, and an energetic elementary school teacher, the murder-solving team no one asked for, but thanks to attempts on her life, they're stuck together, come hell or high tide. Welcome to the first five chapters. I am Luke Kerr, a writer and a podcaster who's forging these two passions into this novel, Book Review Podcast. Join me as I adventure into the realms and imaginations of today's authors. You never know who we'll meet or what we'll learn along the way. And when we're done, it's up to you whether or not to read beyond the first five chapters. Joining me today is longtime friend and friend of the podcast, Casey Eckholm, who's making her second appearance on the show. Welcome, Casey. Hello, Luke. I am excited to be back um, for my second book and uh, get to see where this one takes us. So today's book is My Killer Vacation by New York Times bestselling author Tessa Bailey. It is a a summer read romance, I would call it, maybe, because I don't read outside of YA as much. This definitely is not YA. This is definitely not YA. I haven't quite familiarized myself with all the specific categories, and so that is part of my learning journey with this podcast. In the past, have you read a lot of romance? Yes, Okay. Um, good and bad. There okay. are a lot of bad romance novels. But that's out there. a that's a I think that's a Lady Gaga song. Um, it is. But uh, romance is one of those books that you can find a dime a dozen, mm-hmm. and the tropes for them are everywhere. Okay. It's sometimes really hard to find a romance novel that actually provides anything new. Okay. Or different if you've read more than a handful. Not saying that they aren't spicy uh-huh. from time to time, but do you remember the first romance novel you wrote read? The first novel that I read that ended up having more romance than any other novel that I ever wrote, like I ever read before, mm-hmm. was actually James Patterson. It was a mystery, because that's what yep. he does. Or I'll say did, because he barely writes any of his own novels anymore. And it was called Kiss the Girls. But it was uh, much spicier than the my 13-year-old self was expecting. And I learned a lot of things about uh, adult subjects okay. <laughs> that I expected to learn. I was thinking about this... For the purpose of the conversation, I was thinking back to how I first started reading romance because years ago I read a ton of it, but it wasn't because I was allowed to. My parents wouldn't actually let us read fiction and from like after the third grade. And so my aunt loved Um, romance novels. Oh my gosh, I know where this conversation is My aunt loved romance novels. And so when we'd go to visit the grandparents because she was in college and in high school and things, she wasn't always home because she might be away at school. Mm -hmm. um, And the parents weren't necessarily there. So I would sneak into my aunt's room and she had shelves full of romance novels. So my introduction to romance was all of the bodice rippers that she had back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I can't say that I've ever read this type of a romance before. So it was a little bit like I was brought into the 20 whatever century it is that we are (laughs) because everything that I had read in the past was basically bodice rippers. The other version of romance that I read, because you could you could sneak it in as well in a rural context was if you went to a flying J, there might be like long arm Westerns (laughs) and those aren't 
technically romance, but there's a lot of sex in those books. Yeah. And so those were my sort of two introductions to romance, depending on where I was geographically speaking. Absolutely. And there's definitely a difference in regards to romance, especially if you look at the romance genre, mm-hmm. there's definitely a couple areas. There's the the period pieces, you know, the, the bodice river is the mm-hmm. ones you're talking about. The, the Westerns, those still have a very big calling. You've got the bad boys, mm-hmm. you know, and then really the fantasies. So werewolves, vampires, that sort of stuff. That is its own huge romance area so i haven't read a lot of heterosexual romance in recent years (laughs) i have been known to read some mm romance and there is a lot of supernatural shit that Mm -hmm. in that category oh yeah now i've read non-supernatural and i've read supernatural so yes i have read some more recently but it's all been gay romance it's Mm -hmm. not been heterosexual so this book was very eye-opening, not necessarily from a heterosexual standpoint, but just from a, this is way much more modern than what I as a reader have read in the past. So I probably wouldn't, if I was explaining this book to somebody based off of the first five chapters, mm-hmm. I wouldn't describe this to them as a romance. Okay. Would you call it a summer beach read? I would say it was a mystery. Okay. With some spice. Okay. Because sometimes you have to let people know that there's going to be a little bit of that. Mm-hmm action in there Mm -hmm. because not everybody's expecting that or wanting that in their reading and it would definitely be certain people that i would maybe because the author's descriptions are definitely on the the spicier ways than some of the romance novels Uh that that you can usually get away with in more modern availability the premise of this book is a school teacher by the name of Taylor has saved up a crap uh, money for basically an Airbnb for a week. Mm-hmm. She's going there because she's taking her brother and they're getting away from their lives and they arrive at this beautiful place and she goes to take a bath and she's looking around and all of a sudden she notices two little peepholes drilled into the wall. And she had been noticing a smell in a portion of the house as she was like touring it, but she just thought, oh, it's bugs, something like that. And let's get a, someone in here to spray it and it'll be fine. Well, once she finds the peepholes, then she's like, okay, something weird is going on. So they start doing some investigating and they find a body in a dryer and we're off to the races. Mm-hmm. What did you think of how this book opened and when she goes to all the people who've called me cheap in the past, how do you like me now, jerks? I thought it was very fun. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like even though the the first page is short, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's it feels like even less than like a half page, really. This little intro kind of leads us into a character who shows kind of a spunky girl. But then maybe that's not who she really shows to everybody else or not. Who everybody else sees. This is the vacation version yeah, of her. The yeah. very confident the, vacation. The Vegas girl. Right. You know, right. the, you know, going to go out clubbing, going to get all crazy. Right. But I mean, not in the cape, obviously. But, but yeah, so I like that. And it kind of sets us up for a little bit of possible heartbreak. We get a little bit of a, a little snippet about heartbreak about her brother. And so very interested to know about 
what that's about. I was very interested to learn about that too, but I felt when I found out the answer later that I had been had a fast one pulled on me. Mm, I think I disagree with you actually, but okay. we'll get to that one too. Okay. Get there. So her brother's name is Jude. Um, when she sees the peephole, she calls him in and they both investigate. Uh, before they find the body, he he climbs into a passage and they find on the other side of the holes, there's been a place for a camera to be able to record what's mm-hmm. going on in the room. They then find the body and now we're off to the races with the local police department which much like in television local police departments are rarely very competent Mm -hmm. and this one didn't seem particularly competent either what did you think as we dove into the police arrival and the backstory that they accidentally let slip yeah Yeah. so the police i i feel like they definitely have you know, a suspect, probable cause, you know, a situation that it all seems to fit. So are they going to do a lot more work? No. Did I love how much Taylor also just rambled a whole bunch of things that she found? No. Oh, Taylor's going full on Jessica Fletcher. To me, I'm like, this is Jessica Fletcher. Not only is it in the cape and the like uh, in the cape (laughs) in the fact that Jessica Fletcher was from New England and had Mm -hmm. all those stories. I'm like, she kept referencing an etched in bone, which I Googled that and I couldn't figure out if it was a real thing or a fake thing. And the stuff that I found on Google did not seem like it would have any context for this. But I'm like, she's going total Jessica Fletcher on this. So I will say, I think Etchton Bone is a real thing. I think it's a podcast, a true crime podcast. But I guess I'm not exactly sure. But every time she talked about it, it actually kind of threw me out of the story. Because sometimes when I'm reading a book, I don't love them to talk about things going on right this moment, you know? And I felt like that was like a, I don't know. So it may be a true crimes podcast, but when you Google etched in bone, um, what comes up is a novel for a series by Ann Bishop. And then there's also a trailer for what appears to be an uh, Australian Aboriginal series of some sort. So this is why I was super confused by the continued references to it, because there wasn't any delineation between whether or not this is actually something in real world or if mm-hmm. this is just something made up by the author. Right. And I mean, we reference it like seven different times within the first five chapters, which what? is a lot. <laughs> so one of the officers let slip that there had been a confrontation and that the house should have never been rented because of the confrontation mm-hmm. that took place. Some girls had been at the house. They had discovered the peepholes as well. But instead of calling the police, one of them called their father, who came and had a confrontation with the owner, who is now dead. That basically set up a potential suspect Mm -hmm. for the police. And because of the fact that they had found the peepholes and the owner had not necessarily, he had not admitted to it, but because there had already been a confrontation involving the owner, Mm -hmm. That was part of it being like, they have a suspect, they have a motive, it's done. Right. What did you think of the girls and the father who came in and beat up the owner plot twist? 
Uh, I don't know that it was all that surprising. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of very believable, I guess, right. in a situation like that. Does it seem to be very odd timing? Sure. But, I mean, I don't know. If the dad was going to kill him, why wouldn't he just killed him then? True. As Taylor, our main character, is going out of the house and basically trying to figure out where she's going to stay, the sister of the owner shows up and is a bit of a character herself. Very type A, very, but also very... I'm not going to... Uh, how do I put this? I don't think the author intended the character to be one-dimensional, but she definitely... The character is definitely an archetype mm-hmm. that is immediately a suspect in of herself, at least mm-hmm. for me as a reader. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't cry, talks about the relationship being more like a partnership. Yeah. Doesn't seem to have any emotional relationship or consideration towards her brother, which is obviously very different than the relationship that you see between Taylor and Jude. Right. And the thing is, is that on one hand, I'm like, this is a suspect. And then the next moment when Taylor basically mentions her theory and all of a sudden the sister has the possibility of clearing her brother's name, all of a sudden the sister, whose name is Lisa, Mm. sort of shifts. And all of a sudden she's in clear my brother's name mode. Mm. And she says that she's going to get the friend of her boyfriend, who is a bounty hunter, to come in and Mm. see if he can do something to clear her brother's name. And so I was very conflicted about the motivations for Lisa, because on one hand, if you'd killed your own brother, would you really want someone to come in and clear his name if every if the police already are acting like it's open and shut? I had a couple feelings about that when okay. I was reading. One, another reason about why I felt like she was a suspect was because they make mention about how the cross space is small. Size, yep. size of a woman, right? Which Lisa is, in fact, a woman. Which puts me there Two, the way that she was talking about how she ran the properties and i say properties because they have multiple homes obviously a very large business for her do people do things that are illogical in regards to money yes could her brother having this black mark on his name be something that could hinder her business now that he's gone, which she would probably be the one to take over. But I guess I don't think that what her goal was, was to clear him. I don't think that her goal was to clear the guy who came and beat him up. His name. It was more, to clear his name from being the peeping Tom. Right. That's what I think. Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think she wants him to be associated with that. But I guess my question is, is what would it matter? Because Taylor has rented the house even after the incident had happened and the website was supposed to have pulled it mm-hmm. off of it. If the website is still listing these homes without any mention of things that have taken place, what motivation would the sister have 
to even need to clear her brother's name when it's not showing up on the houses. Well, we do get more information about that later on. Well, that's true. That's true. But at least at first blush, that's what I was thinking. I mean, maybe it's the only part of caring that she shows. Okay. It's, it's kind of the only thing that it looks like she cares about her brother. Okay. At so, least at this time. So once again, uh, for me, because I have not read what I considered romance. And in, in reading this, I was thinking this is a romance, just the way that the story evolved. I had never read one where it was dual point of view. Oh, they a lot of them are actually. And so for me, having Miles introduce the bounty hunter who shows mm-hmm. up and he is a definite character. He <sighs> he arrives, he wants to do an inspection. He feels like he's being watched and it turns out, and this was a little confusing for me, I didn't realize that the house where Taylor was going to stay was that close by. Mm-hmm. I knew that there was another house, but I didn't realize it was literally across the street. Yeah. Um, but Taylor's the one who's watching him, and she knows that he's coming to investigate, and that's how they have their first interaction. What did you think of his introduction and their interaction? Oh, man. So I'm probably going to get, for people who end up reading this book, Probably going to get a little bit of ire, especially for people who read romance. There are so many things I don't enjoy about this chapter and that I don't enjoy about Miles. The bad boy trope. I hate it. I don't just like, in general, regardless. In general, okay. I don't like the bad boy. I don't like that he doesn't love and it's just sex. But, you know, Taylor, she's going to turn him around. He's going to love. He's going to be important to her. That's how it's going to turn out. I haven't read the book, but I already freaking know. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Opposites attract. She's very meticulous. She's very safe. She's a rule follower. He's, you know, this bad boy, right? And that's even what he starts talking about when he first sees her about how he hates being there in the Cape and he, he drives a Harley and these people who are on vacation. That's another trope. And the great cop, shitty husband trope. Like, okay, dude, you were good at your job. You couldn't be good at your job and a decent human being? I don't know. I didn't like it. And that's just in like the first two paragraphs of of it. I know for some people... It's like Catnip. chef's kiss for them that it's like so good, but it's for me complete turn off. Also, surprisingly, this is chapter three, and this is our first description of Taylor. Yep, we never get any information about her other than she's a school teacher and she saved up money, but no physical description of her at all. There's not a single one. I went back and I scoured. I, I agree. I noted that too. And the thing about that is that I've, in recording episodes for this podcast, what I have found, not necessarily to be common, but when authors do it, if there's a dual point of view, rather than have an omniscient narrator type description or mm-hmm. a third per- party description of it, it ends up always going through the other person as opposed to a description of them. I prefer to read third person or omniscient. So for me, it always feels weird to try and see it through the other person's eyes. Mm-hmm. 
But then I was like, okay, this is dual point of view. So he's, he's going to be the one who describes her. Right. The thing is, is that she had her brother who she could have described. But technically he's not a point of view. Right. But she could have described her brother and then talked about how she Mm. was similar to him. But my biggest thing was how Miles explains or describes her. He first mentions her hair, her height, her possible age, that she has freckles, what her tits look like, what her hips look like, what her face looks like, what her eyes look like, and her shoulders. But don't you think that that's the intent of the author to have it be this very crass biker tattoo guy who's like, this is through his point of view? Don't you think it's intentional? Sure. That doesn't make me like him anymore. Okay. Because the thing is, is that they want you to kind of ship these two, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and things get spicy in this. Mm-hmm. In, By it, chapter four and five. They, no, in this chapter. I haven't scrolled down with, on my notes that far, but yes, within, okay. Within two pages, he's already talking about taking off her top. Yep. And within six pages, he's already talking about having sex with her. Yep. I mean... She's not messing around. She's only got 290 pages, and that's including an epilogue. So she's got to get these two hot and heavy real quick. So speaking of hot and heavy, um, I don't know how to put this, but I have never been so, as a man, I have never been so confused by a description as one that would took place in this chapter. Because everything in my mind as I read it made me think it was contradictory. Her gaze drops to my mouth for a split second, but it's enough to make my briefs feel like XL instead of XXL. Okay, so logically, Mm -hmm. if he's turned on by her, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it feel like XXL instead of XL because it's even larger than before? That's the first thing. No, it's that his um, pants are restricting him because he's now engorged. Like his pants are getting too tight. So instead of being extra, extra large feeling, so it's like he's sized down. So basically they're saying that that it is a very awkward. It is the most awkward description of a man's turn on that I have ever read. And I was so confused. I read it like four times and I'm like, I am a man. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand the logistics of this mm-hmm. because in theory, pants should expand if you're being turned on not retract and retraction is happening here i mean apparently he's, he's got a big old because he dropped a whole pant size by her looking at his mouth i mean she is in a bikini top right but like luke are you not aware that men cannot contain themselves well, first of all, it's a shock to me that we wear XXL sizes because normally it's like 38, 42, whatever. I'm He's like talking underwear. Once again, <laughs> when, I, when I go to buy a box, a three pack of Hanes, I look at the I look at the you thing look at and the I look number. like, what's the number that this equates to? Because every brand is different. I was just so confused by that description. It literally made me pause and reread it <laughs> multiple times. For me, it was the most awkward part of this chapter, which apparently the chapter was awkward for you. There was many for me. There is a little bit of a hint at that his feelings for her might be more than just attraction because 
at the bottom of page 31, he goes, in fact, disappointing her is like broken glass digging into my stomach lining. So it's not necessarily all sexual. There's something else in his head going on. But I wasn't quite sure what that said for his character development. So this is probably going to be pretty nerdy to most of the the listeners, but I'm going to explain this in a way that some people might get and some people might not. When I'm reading through a book like this, so we read through multiple pages, multiple chapters, but the time taken from, from the start of this chapter to the end of this chapter is a mere min- a couple minutes, may- maybe a half an hour. It's similar to like playing Dungeons and Dragons where you have a fight that goes on and, and you might be playing that actually for an hour, but really it's like 10 minutes. You know, we're, we're reading it. We're going through reading all of these words and all of these descriptions and we're putting it together in our minds. But really the, the characters on the sheet are actually only there for a few minutes. You don't know this woman and yes, love at first sight or whatever. But I... It's a true romance. Oh, my god, A bad romance. <laughs> like, seriously. I was... I Yes. He is definitely taken aback with her. You know, he's definitely going to change his bad boy ways. We know that this is how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he definitely doesn't want to just bone her. He wants to bone her... And maybe have her turn him good. I guess. Okay. I maybe, guess, you know, if you've never watched it, Dr. Horrible's sing along blog is very long time ago. The best thing ever. It's amazing. Anyways, there's a joke in there about I might just sleep with the same girl twice. Maybe that's, maybe that's him. Okay. So one of the things that I've run into in episodes since uh, yours with lore And this was not a problem for either of us in lore because lore is so fast paced. What did you think of the momentum shifts in this book? Because in some books that I've reviewed recently, there is definitely times where the momentum shifts have made it so that it felt like it was taking the air out of things. What did you feel about the momentum of these first five chapters? These five chapters are fast. From the time that she arrives, finds a dead body meets this bounty hunter and the fifth chapter ends is like under two days yeah it's like day one day two yeah and that's insane um love at first sight casey love at first sight i remember the first time i met you luke it's a (laughs) it's a joke that is an inside (laughs) joke listeners that is an inside joke I don't, I don't know. I definitely feel like it's really fast. And I really was trying to keep myself out of my own head Mm -hmm. when I was reading through it because I was just like screaming, you don't know him. (laughs) And maybe, maybe it's because I'm getting older and this type of romance just doesn't do it for me anymore. Maybe I'm not looking to. Well, maybe we shouldn't think of this as a romance. Maybe we should think of it as a mystery. I don't know. I don't want to find dead bodies in my laundry room either. (laughs) I would be very disappointed. My cats would probably eat them. So one plot point that I didn't mention earlier, but now is coming, going to come into focus. So I'll circle back to it is when she originally discovered the body as she was leaving, she snuck out with the guest log. She's kept the guest log at her house. 
And in, in, in talking with Miles, because she wants to do her own investigation, she's a little Jessica Fletcher. Okay, why the guest book? Because she wa- that's the only way she'd have access to the names. The guest book that was in some drawer? Like, it, it made no sense to me. It'd be one thing if it was like out on like some table and it was like readily available. She had to go into a, de- a drawer on a table and pull it out. Nobody else knew what was there. I don't know. I just have some feelings about that too. The guest book becomes a priority because in chapter four, we now switch back to Taylor's viewpoint mm-hmm. and she's taking him in. And this is the description. <sighs> This man might have just walked out of the criminal underworld. If the permanent scowl on his face didn't scream villain, then the long unkept hair and poorly scrolled tattoos do the trick, as do the scars on his knuckles and the side of his neck. Filthy boots covered in a suspicious substance, jeans and a black t-shirt in dire need of washing or burning, brown leather cuffs on his wrists, and we find out he's six foot five. So now he got went through from his viewpoint. We got her description. From hers, we get his. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this? All I could think of is that in my mind, because of course, what that's what most people do. You take their descriptions, you put them in your head, and that's who those people look like for the rest of the book, right? right? He's like a brunette dog, the bounty hunter, who's a little bit heavier, and that is gross and i know i'm supposed to be like oh these two are gonna get together and she's this cute little like perky and i just i just i can't just it's the grossest description ever to me please take a shower please brush your hair like why do you have gross clothes on like do you just not well, care about personal this, hygiene this moves very fast because in the book on page 51 he's like lic- he's wanting to lick her belly 52 the tease is over and they're pulled they pull away because they hear a sound and he warns her that it would be empty sex if they had it Mm -hmm. well all because he found her red panties in her her uh, suitcase right because she went up to get the book why did you why and then he leaves his car he takes her panties and leaves her card his card gross so gross also why did she share her entire sexual experience or desires with a complete stranger oh well i've only been on a couple dates and the three guys that i've been with just want to be so nice to me but i just want to be thrown around what 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 i don't understand that that's not how people are and i understand that books are never going to be like real life but like and i understand communicating your desires when you're in a relationship and communication is very important especially in sexual relationships and ensuring you know that both of you are mutually satisfied satisfied and that there's consent and you know all of the important things you don't know this man from anyone you assume that he is the bounty hunter that the sister sent. You don't know that. There is a killer on the loose and you are letting him lick and bite you? And you... I am sorry, what? What? In chapter five, he's back at the house after the encounter with the guest book. He's looking out the window and seeing Taylor and she's seeing him and they're sort of giving the, each other the antagonistic, awkward dynamic that you sometimes get between people who 
want to have sex, but haven't had sex and sort of maybe still want to have sex, but can't really admit that they want to have sex. So they're sort of just eyeing each other because, yeah, maybe let's see possibly. Like all romance novels, that's how it works. Right. Uh, the quote is, he's still shocked that the nosy little ski- school teacher wants it down and dirty. She sneaks into the house while he's there, not knowing that he's there. Mm-hmm. And now we have a whole nother dynamic. Right. So they find the letter. Yep. Because that's what they're looking for. Any clues or anything like that. And they find the loose floorboard. Right. He pisses her off. She goes to leave, steps on a floorboard. It pops up and underneath is a letter. Mm -hmm. Then he grabs it. Then they fight over it. They end up on top of each other. pulls it away. He's on top of her. I mean, it's just that easy. I don't know how people don't have sex all the time because people just fall on top of each other to have the sexual event all the time. Fletcher was the best laid person on television. She was getting booty day in (laughs) and day out. Why do you think she was so happy? (laughs) She had her pick of anyone she wanted. I mean, and if you just look at her, she's gorgeous. So, yeah. Jessica Fletcher is gorgeous. <laughs> this is the first chapter where we have a perspective change. Initially, we're starting out at Miles, and then we switch to Taylor mm-hmm. because we're, they're both, we're seeing both sides of the fight for the envelope. Mm-hmm. What did you think of how, other than the falling on each other, what did you think of how it played out and then the arrival of the mayor and her film crew? So, one they're both dumb for going back to the murder house alone and ending up there Two, I, I liked the envelope part. My thing is, is I don't know if it's hidden or lost hiding. It feels weird. I mean, who would have hidden it Oscar, but then if nobody, what, so how it was written, how it was written, it feels like it was for someone, but if, he hit it, he would have needed to tell somebody to go there and look for it? No, here's what I think has happened. I think the mayor killed him. I think the mayor is small enough to get in the in the passage. Mm-hmm. I think the letter was to the mayor because of the fact that she is a political figure. Mm-hmm. I suspect, I don't know, there's nothing in the book that allows me to base this statement on it, but in reading it, my mind is going to the mayor and him were hooking up at some point. She found out something about him or vice versa. And to keep track of him, she put in those holes so that she could watch him. And he's just enough of a slob and unobservant that he didn't notice the holes. And when he did find it out, he wrote the letter. She didn't know where he put it. And so she killed him. Okay. That's that's where I think Where this, does the sister come in because she is part of it. I think that the sister is going to be the unintended beneficiary of the mayor's mess. You know, much like in Murder she wrote, you know how there was always that one person who stood to benefit but didn't actually do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the sister. I think the sister is the red herring who stands to benefit, didn't actually do it and it's all going to be the mayor. Unless, like, maybe the mayor and the sister are actually... Lovers or something. Lovers. That would be the only twist that would actually be of anything. The letter says, you're going down with me. They're all going to know who you are. I've known all along, but it won't be my secret much longer. See, and that's that's the thing that I feel like that's the sister. I don't know. 
that just gets a I so here's my theory. I think that the sister recorded the brother with influential people because the brother had been living in that house for like 10 months. Right. So people have been coming and going, no pun intended. And, um, and so then she was trying to get him to either cut her in on some of the profits or something because it feels like she's doing all the work and, uh, I don't know, something. And I feel like she set him up and maybe the mayor's included on it, especially because they're interrupted from their um, almost um, boinking by the mayor a day after this man is murdered in his house to say that rental, rental, excuse me, rentals are terrible for the Cape. And that she's, you know, going to see them shut down, even though she was quite happy for all the money that was brought to her area over the 4th of July. Just really great timing on her part. The other thing that I thought, and I don't know if this has any validity, but just my speculation, is it possible that the sister's boyfriend isn't, is the one who isn't who he says he is? He's deployed, though. Right. But how many people have gone into the military to try and escape things? That's true. And that's what I was just trying to go back here and look and see how long he'd been deployed. I don't think they gave a time frame. I don't think they did either. They just said deployed. And so my thought, my question was, could it be something where he'd found out about his sister's boyfriend and was going to try and break them up? Maybe. And then the sister killed him. Possibly. I don't know. That's the only part that I'm not 100% sure on. I have a couple things, but I will say, so because we're here on the the fifth chapter, and and just in case those that are following around for the the romance and Mm -hmm. or the spice. So for the almost sex, sex scene. So I'll say this one thing. The author definitely has a good buildup going. Yes. Um, they know how to build tension. Yep. And if the book ever gets to the actual apex, which I don't think that she'll fade to black on us, mm-hmm. um, that this book will give us the entire filthy... It will give us a climax? <laughs> it will give us the <laughs> filthy five pepper detail that everybody's looking for. I don't think that she'll skimp on any of the details. I agree with you there. Um, the chapter five ends with Taylor and Miles back inside looking at the uh, um, looking at the note written by Oscar. And Miles said he was targeted for a reason, a target for murder. What did you think of that as a cliffhanger? Is it something that would make you keep reading? Uh, so it's cheesy as crap. But yeah, I mean... It's definitely not my least favorite book I've ever read. It's not my favorite book. Um, It's a bit tropey. I I think her writing overall is actually pretty good. I think that maybe if it was a little bit longer, she could flush out some of the things and make some of the things not feel as awkward in regards to timing stuff. Mm. This is definitely a fast read. It is. Yep. It's sort of ironic because 
I tend to prefer fast reads. Mm-hmm. And so for me, getting through these first five chapters went fairly quickly. Yeah, it's only 70 pages. Well, but even by those standards, I recently reviewed a book. Um, it was a magic ste- steeped in poison. Mm. Those first five chapters were 39 pages. And the descriptions and everything in them were so detailed heavy mm-hmm. that it felt longer than whatever how whatever the page count was on this be just because it moves so fast and what's ironic about it is some of the things that I've struggled with in this podcast as I'm expanding my reading palette is getting accustomed to reading books that st- have slower builds mm-hmm. and so usually it's about momentum this pro- book had no problem about momentum Mm-mm but it felt like it was almost moving too fast and not giving quite enough room to breathe. It needed Mm -hmm. just like a slight, it it didn't need to like go into huge detail, but there was just enough Mm -hmm. missing Mm -hmm. that I was going too fast. So I'm a, I'm a speed reader. Mm -hmm. I, I can speed read quite quickly. And with a book like this, because the writing is very predictable, Mm -hmm. It's so simple because there's not a lot of detail. I'm not missing a lot. It feels like a lot of filler. And that's because of how she's writing and because she's she is speeding along so quickly. That's why I said I think this book could be better. Give another 100 pages for a little bit more time and a little bit more detail. I think it could be super solid myself. This is something I'm going to have to educate myself on, but... I wonder if this type of a read is specifically designed to be short. Oh, I'm you sure know, it is. This is a pick it up while you're at the airport. Yes. Read it on a flight across the it's country a or yeah. a couple, you know, read it while you're on the beach, like you're saying, while you're on vacation, something like that. And you don't ever have to think about it again. There's never going to be a second follow up. It's a self-contained story. You're never going to have to think about these characters ever again. But that's the thing. Nothing about these characters will stay with you. Well, so far, the biggest thing that's going to stay with us and has nothing to do with the two lead characters. It has to do with the fact that Bartholomew, the reason why Jude is so upset, isn't actually a boyfriend. It's a panda. I am not actually upset about that. I'm not either. But like when they mention Bartholomew and you have Jude and the implication that he's gay and then they pull a fast one on it and it turns out that he's an animal husbandry person for a zoo or a shelter or like a wildlife thing. And then I find out that he's a panda. (laughs) This is me being overly logical, but I'm like, how the hell did some sort of panda end up in a rescue in the United States when it takes a tier one zoo to be able to get a panda? How did a panda end up at a wildlife rescue for him to even be upset about when China doesn't allow those things out and they only go to tier one zoos? Yeah, it's because they probably it probably wasn't from China. It was probably from a reader from somewhere else. But again, it's also a book. But there are there are pandas outside of the current relegated areas. And so this could be one that, you know, had been captured or something mm-hmm. or its parents had been captured and it was raised in captivity. Yep. Or the mama died giving birth and it could no longer 
sustain having the baby. Because appara- a lot of times they'll try to breed them and then sell them because they'll make tons and tons of money off of well, them. Well, that's true. But, but you I will tell Bartholomew. you, I did. 22 years that he raised this little baby and I loved that it wasn't a girlfriend or a boyfriend because that's, again, another trope that I would have freaking hated. But the fact that he was like, oh, I dress up like a panda and I showed them how to be a panda and this baby and I loved him and the panda had a great life and he loved Jude and I loved that. And I now that's the book that you want to read about a murder yes, mystery, a they, murder mystery at the at the wildlife shelter. <laughs> no, it doesn't need to be a murder mystery. Just tell me a little quick short story about Jude and his pandas and his love of animals. Love it. I'm here for it. Maybe he finds love. Some other animal handler. So this begs the question, would you read beyond the first five chapters? I would. Some of that is just because I'm a completionist when it comes to books. Okay. I don't like to just leave the unknown there. Mm -hmm. I read a lot of poor books. And this one's well written. It just... It's well written. Overused. It's just not. It's it's just not in the style that you prefer. Well, in that it that, it's very tropey. Yeah, it's just it's just a little overused. So okay. I think that somebody could have a really good time with this book if you're looking for just like a quick paced, fun, spicy novel. Mm-hmm. Sure, go for it. Little murder mystery action. And if you're especially into descriptions about men that are very. Yeah. If bad boys are your thing. This dirty is, men. Yeah. You you want a little like Daryl from like The Walking Dead. Want a little WD-40 on it. <sighs> it's just not for me. Some people are really into Daryl from The Walking Dead. Some people are very into Daryl. But, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, it's again, the writing itself is solid. Is it my favorite? No, but I think that it's because of how she wrote to make this novel what it was made for, mm-hmm. which I think sometimes writers have that struggle where they write the book for what they're trying to shoehorn it into instead of writing the book for what the book could be. And again, I think that the book could have been better given another hundred pages and a little bit more detail okay. and a bit more time between things happening because even though in the first five chapters taylor goes from a goody two shoes rule follower to the world is going to end if anything it falls out of line to i saw a dead body and this makes me strong yeah and now this bounty hunter is the hottest man i've ever seen in my life i might bone him on the floor of this murder house i just most people don't do that unless she's like actually in shock. And if that's the case, she needs a therapist, not a sexual partner. You mean that her brother isn't a proper therapist? No. Okay. I'd encourage you to comment on this episode at the first five chapters. Be sure to check out the Facebook group. Join in the discussion about various books that you enjoy reading, recommendations. And if you have one that you want me to review at some point on this podcast, possibly with dear friend Casey... Put it in the Facebook group comments. Thank you, as always, Casey. Bye. Enjoyed this episode or the show? Support us by writing a review on iTunes and Spotify. 
Follow us on social media by checking out the profiles linked in every episode. And finally, join the First Five Chapters Facebook group to share your passion for books, writing, and to make topic suggestions for future episodes. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, it's up to you whether or not to read beyond the first five chapters.